What's up everyone, Kevin Wagstaff here with another episode of Spectora Spotlight. Today I have Ruben Saltzman. He is an owner of a very large multi-inspector company in Minnesota, Structure Tech. I'm super excited to have him on the podcast because when we first got into this industry and I started doing my research online, he was one of the first home inspectors I came across online that was doing good blog writing, uh, guest posting on other sites. And he just had a really good way of writing that intrigued me about him. And so we had never met personally. Um, we ran across paths at the Ashi conference, but I was really excited to get him on the show eventually to talk about the importance of content marketing and what it's done for his business, um, as well as talking about what it's like to run a big multi-inspector company, some of the challenges he faces. Um, but an all-around good dude. I had a blast on this interview. I do want to apologize for the audio quality. There is this clicking sound that we could not figure out uh, coming on his end. And so I do apologize for the audio quality. It's something we're always uh, trying to work on making better uh, each episode that goes by. I know some of you have written in and, and uh, let us know about a few of the, uh, the, the quality on some of the episodes. So something that will improve. Um, I promise I'm going to work on it and uh, hope you enjoy this interview. Right. Well, thanks for joining. I, I was really excited when you said, yeah, sure, let's do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why not? Be happy to help you, man. You know, and it's we, we've never met in person, I don't believe, formally, but I've seen your work. I've seen your writing. And so I was like, oh, he's someone that would just get digital content. So um, I wasn't surprised. I try. I try. <laughs> you know? You know, you're you're... You're probably the best and biggest content marketer in our industry. And that's really oh, cool. Oh, go on. Go on, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it right. Uh, but anyway, we'll get, in, we'll get into all that. But how's your summer been? Um, has you been all, as busy as I'll get out like some other inspectors? It's been good. Yeah, this has been a record year for us. I definitely can't complain about that. All my inspectors are staying very busy this time of year. So we, uh, we feel very thankful. Great to hear. Um, it's just been year after year, right? Where the, you know, it's kind of tracking the economy and the mortgage market, things that just, you know, each year we keep thinking, okay, this will, you know, this will subside, but it just keeps, keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. I've got nothing to complain about. That's for sure. How right about on. you? Uh, we're doing well. We've been growing and, uh, you know, working on features, growing the software. Um, been to a few conferences. Um, we, funny story. We actually, I believe we're, this is going to sound really funny, but I believe we were in the same hot tub at the Ashi conference as you and, and some of the people you were there with, but we didn't get to chat, but we were all in the same oh. hot tub. <laughs> uh, as weird of a story as that might sound, we were sitting there, but oh. I didn't, you know, but next time. Next time. Next time, for sure. I'll be there. Yeah. What, what is it? Uh, New Orleans? New Orleans. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, we'll we'll definitely hot tub it up in New Orleans, Kevin. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, well, yeah. Just for the for the listeners that aren't familiar with you, we'll let you just do a quick intro: who you are, kind of where your company's located, how long you've been in business. Go for that. Sure. Uh, well, it's uh, it's Ruben Saltzman. My company is Structure Tech Home Inspections. This company was started in about 1987 by a couple of couple of guys and. Uh, it, things weren't working out between them about 10 years later. It was no longer a great partnership. And my dad bought the company in 97, okay. uh, 10 years later. And that's when I started. That was the year that I graduated high school. 
And that's when I started with Structure Tech. It was the year my dad bought it. And I helped him kind of, you know, do stuff. At the time, you know, we, we, we had a courier who would pick up film in the morning and deliver photos in the afternoon. And I'd take photos and I'd put them on pieces of paper and, and I'd glue them and then I'd mail it out and people would get the report the next day or the day after and they'd be tickled. Wow. You know, two days after their inspection. So Amazing. That's, yeah, this was, uh, this is what I did back in 97 when I started with Structure Tech. And I'd answer the phone and schedule inspections and all that because, you know, the year you graduate high school, it's kind of tough to get much credibility as a home inspector. But um, <laughs> eventually, I moved on to being a home inspector. And, you know, even for the first many years, people would kind of look at me and go, well, when, when's your daddy coming? <laughs> but, I, you know, I had, to, I had to get past that. But eventually, I, I started getting credibility on my own. and. We, uh, you know, we, we've grown. At, at that time, there was only me, my dad, and one other guy. And maybe around 2009, we started growing, and we, we decided we're, we're going to get bigger. That's, that's our goal is to add more inspectors on our team and market and get, get people to call us. And we've grown from that probably 10 years ago now to where we are today, and we've got a lot more people on our team today. And, and we're based out of Minneapolis. You said where are you? So. Minneapolis. Okay. How many um, how many employees in the company are are range to give people an idea? Uh, there's about thirty of us now. Wow, great! That is amazing. Yeah. Um, two things I want to ask you: one, the objections over um, you know the youth, because I know there's a lot of home inspectors that either have baby faces or are kind of breaking into the industry. How did you overcome that? Make uh, jokes. You know, I I just say, hey, trust me, I've I've had a lot of training, and uh, just wait and see what you think. I, <laughs> and I I was always able to win people over, and I'd always come home from work every day with the same story, telling my wife every day, oh Anna, these people looked at me like I was just a little kid, and they were so suspicious, but man, they loved me by the end of it. And she got so sick of hearing the story. She would say, she'd say. Wait, Ruben, let me guess. They didn't trust you. They loved you by the end. Like, how'd you know I was going to say that? She's like, because you've said that like a thousand <laughs> times now. Like, All right, story's getting old. I get it. But if I look back on it, what I really should have done is just grow a beard. I think that would have done it right there. Yeah. It's so, funny you say that. A beard, maybe some glasses on some days. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. You know, a couple things to throw in there. Yeah, so for any, uh, you know, 25-year-old home inspectors out there who might have a tough time having people take them seriously, yeah, go up here. It's a world of difference, I think. Some stubble and a few good vocab words, and uh, you're on your way. Yeah, that's right. Um, you mentioned the growth in 09. What what do you think was some of the driving factors behind the, the, the need to say, all right, it's time to grow, it's time to hire? Um, we kind of knew for several years that we, we probably could be growing. It was just, it, it was a, I don't know, I, this isn't even my term. I'm stealing somebody else's term here, but it was a self-limiting belief. Mm -hmm. It was, it was the idea that if we add somebody else on, we're not going to have enough to keep them busy. Right. And it's like, we're, we're kind of comfortable, but in the winter, we're really slow and, Maybe we don't have enough to keep someone on board and they're going to quit and leave and go somewhere else. 
And we wrestled with that fear for many years, saying we, we, we don't have enough. But finally, we just said, look, let's do this. And we're just going to have faith that it works out. And that's, that's all we had to get over was our own, our own, uh, our own self, self-limiting beliefs. I love that you mentioned that because it, it comes up with almost every inspector I talk to, uh, the multis that I talk to in hindsight of just that difference of playing defense versus offense of saying, okay, you know, when things get slow or when it slows down, it's almost operating from a place of, um, a fear and kind of, uh, tentativeness. And I, I get it because as a business owner myself, it, we deal with the same thing. Every time we hire someone, there's that choice of like, ah, are we stretching ourselves a little much here? But I really feel like it, you could, I, I'd love for you to elaborate on this of how it kind of lights that fire of like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go out and find the work now to make them busy. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does. And it's, you start to change your mindset when you have other people who are depending on you to stay busy. Although, I mean, I, I used to be, this kind of, oh, I'm not going to market to real estate agents. I want people to find me organically. And, you know, I was, I was really hard nosed about that. And I'd, I'd almost kind of turn my nose up at other home inspectors who would go around to real estate offices and give them brochures and all that. I, I was just, I was, I was almost a snob about it when I look back like 10, 15 years ago, but once you start adding on people to the team and you realize, look, this is, a, well, this is a lot more than just me and my ego. I have people I need to keep busy, so I better do whatever it takes to feed them and feed their family. And if, and if it means, you know, doing something that I used to turn my nose up at, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is about getting more business. And, you know, I'll tell you, I, I still don't really do any of that marketing at real estate offices. I'm actually, uh, I'll, you know, I, I back up. I'm doing my first real estate office presentation that I've ever done in my life. I'm doing one coming up in two weeks now, so I'm a little nervous about no this. No kidding. <laughs> this is yes. historic. This is long time coming for you. Yeah, yeah, this has been a long time coming. I've never done one, but it's uh, somebody from my church. She had invited me to go talk and. And I've always just said no to these little, like, all right, I got this relationship. I got to do this. So I'm a little worried, Kevin. You but- know, just from the 10 minutes we've been on, you speak well, you write well. I think you'll, uh, I think you can wing it. And- uh, you know, you got to call me and tell me this again. <laughs> Great. You can, you can give me my pep talk. But no, but seriously, all right. So I'm getting so sidetracked. I'm sorry. To answer your question, um, we, we really did start focusing on trying to make sure that our pipeline stays full. And the biggest thing that changed all of that was I had an agent and this was, this was before we added our first inspector. This is in 2008. I had an agent ask me if I would blog on her website, if I could start a guest, if I could be a guest blogger for her huh. and commit to do it every week. And I knew that a blog was a good thing to do. I just had no idea how to do it or, or how to set it up or what I would ever blog about. And she still jokes with me to this day. I mean, I, I told her, well, what would I write about? <laughs> and, you know, she, she had all these, she gave me like five ideas and she's like, I'm sure you could think of more. I'm like, well, I guess we'll see. And I, I, so I committed to it. And that was probably the biggest thing 
that made a difference in our business. I mean, have you ever heard of that book? I think it's by Gary Keller. It's called The One Thing. Heard of it, yeah. Okay, it's it's about finding the one thing. What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes uh, easier or unnecessary? And for me, that I'd say it was blogging. That that changed everything. It, it started just massively increasing the traffic on our website. Agents would, real estate agents would find out about the blog. It would drive business to us. They'd Google some question. You know, how do I fix double tap circuit breakers? I, I mentioned that example because I know the agent who found me almost 10 years ago from doing a search on that question, finding my answer, and then saying, I want to try this guy. And today, I mean, he's one of our top agents, without a doubt. I mean, he gives us a ton of business every year. It was from a single blog post that I wrote. That's what introduced us. So blogging, blogging has been huge. And then I had real estate agents who would say, you know, there's all this information that you've written about. Why don't you teach this? Why don't you teach CE classes to agents? And after hearing that enough, I started teaching CE classes. And the content was super easy to teach. It was just stuff that I had already researched and written about. So I knew it inside and out. So I, it was really easy to get up in front and get up in front of people and talk about it. And I'm not talking about stuff like, you know, what's a home inspection. I'm talking about detailed stuff. I've heard people say real estate agents don't want to know about technical details. Um, you know what? That's fine. I'm not going to argue with you about it, but I'll tell you, my classes fill up and agents eat it up. They like knowing how things work and how to fix problems that home inspectors talk about. I mean, home inspectors talk about double-tap circuit breakers at every home inspection, it seems like, and agents universally sign off on this as a big deal, and I'm going in there and saying, look, it's not that big of a deal to fix it. Here's what it takes. It's not always a problem, and they love it. They, they like knowing these answers. I'm sorry, I'm rambling again. No, this, this is great. This is uh, this is so good because, okay, we're, we're, it circles back to a self-limiting belief in a way that inspectors are like, oh, agents don't care about X, Y, or Z. Your clients don't care about X, Y, or Z. And if you haven't tested that assumption, how would you know? And so this is an amazing example of you're making your own life easier by training them on something that they won't panic or freak out about. They're getting CE, maybe a lunch out of it. and. Nope. You're getting more authority and trust from a group of, I mean, it's just an insane win, win, win. Yes. I don't get why every company doesn't do this. I, I don't either. And really what it all comes down to is education. That, that has become one of our core values here. We educate people who are buying houses. We educate people through the blog. We educate real estate agents. All of this is focused on education. And there's a, there's a fantastic book that, I mean, really, I don't know. I shouldn't say echoes that. It's more that I'm echoing the book. Um, I, I didn't come up with this, but uh, it's called Utility by Jay Baer. And it's spelled Y-O-U, as in you, yourself, utility. And it, it's fantastic. I mean, it talks about how education is really the new way to market. If you want to get to your clients, if you want social media presence, you want any of this stuff, that works better than anything else, you educate. 
And th- that's that's really been our focus. Oh, this is so good. Uh, so Utility by Jay Bear. You mentioned another book a minute ago. Is it called That One Thing? The One Thing. The One Thing. Okay. I'll link to these in the description. Um, cool. And we're, what's amazing is that some people may even just tune this out, but we're, we're literally talking about marketing, sales, customer experience. We're talking about all these things through the lens of education. And I think most people think, oh, education, that's just work. Just teaching someone. Like, no, that's marketing. That's like a yeah. brand, and like your brand has gotten, I'm guessing, to where it's at partly by focusing on truly, genuinely trying to educate people, which feels counterintuitive because you're like, no, don't market, don't sell, educate. But you're doing yes. it. <laughs> you're doing it all, right? Yes, yes, it does both at the same time. That's so good. Um, and I think it's a shift in perspective, which. Um, I think we can all agree home inspectors sometimes have a hard time doing of, of saying, okay, this is how I've done it for many years. Uh, <laughs> uh, if, if somebody ever says that at a company meeting, at one of my company meetings, they say, well, because that's the way we've always, and they don't even finish their sentence because they know I'm about to smack them. <laughs> like, you don't say that at our company. That's That's not a reason to do anything. I love it. And it's so refreshing to hear. And I think that's, that's why inspectors, I think, are enjoying the podcast because they're getting different perspectives and they're learning of new ways to maybe think about things like a business person or a marketer or an educator, um, because these are truly the keys to growing and sustaining a business. I mean, you're proof. Well, thanks. Um, so you mentioned the, the point of what do I write about? It's such a common thing when I tell inspectors, like, hey, just start tapping the letters on the keyboard. Like, some, you have to get the bad writing. I think I can't remember. I think it was Derek Sivers on Tim Ferriss' podcast or someone, or uh, Seth Godin, um, said you have to get all the crappy writing out of the way to get to the good writing. So you just have to start writing. Um, but how did you start with what do I write about kind of in, that, in those early days? Oh, I just got to touch on that because I, I think. I think it's the same person who had this quote. I, I might be wrong about this, but uh, it was that if, if you look back on the, you will always look back on the first stuff you did and you'll be embarrassed by it. <laughs> and if you're not embarrassed by it, you started too late. Yes. I think that was Seth Godin, actually. I, That's cool. Yes. I think that, that sounds familiar. Yes. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. I totally Ooh. agree. And he's yeah he's a, he's I could link to another book or two of his I think he's a brilliant um, kind of thought leader and, and marketer and thinker that our industry um, I like bringing in outside perspectives to our industry um, I think it helps us grow and helps everyone kind of push forward how they think yeah yeah I totally agree but um, you know you, you talk about what should people write about mm-hmm. um, I I feel like I. I have such a huge list of things that I still want to write about today. And I've been, I've been doing this for over 11 years now, one blog post a week. And it's, it's amazing how the ideas just keep expanding. I, I'm never at a loss of ideas to write about because I've realized you don't go for the broad topics. You know, the stupid topics are going to be, oh, what's, what's a home inspection? Why should you get a home inspection? And it, it's just, it's boring. Everybody's done it. Who cares? Uh, focus on specific stuff, stuff that people are going to be looking for. Uh, to date, my most 
popular blog post was something I wrote probably, I don't know, eight years ago. And it was explaining why the pressure relief valve on a water heater is leaking and what to do about it. <laughs> I mean, this is so specific. I, I looked over the, the traffic for a, a one-month period on my website. That one blog post from like eight years ago made up almost 7% of the traffic on my website. And, and you know, I, there's a lot. Uh, or wait, maybe it was a one-year period. Whatever it was, it was a ton. And we get, you know, we get over like a million visitors a year on our site. In fact, that's a, an old number. We get a lot. That's great. That is amazing. That, that was a ton. Number three, dishwasher drain installation errors. I mean, who would ever care about that? <laughs> that one made up 4% of the traffic to our site. And I mean, I'm talking 4% of, you know. Big like, number. Like hundreds of blog posts. Yeah. yeah. So it's amazing what people think is fascinating and what people want to read about. But the thing is, there's, there's no competition there. There's not a lot of people blogging about dishwasher drain installation defects. So if someone's Googling that problem, I'm the only thing that comes up. And I've got all the, I've got all the answers about it. And when people click that link, they end up spending like, you know, three, four minutes on that one page. And so Google realizes that and Google says, Oh, well, this page is clearly an authority on this topic. And it starts ranking your page higher for everything else. And then Google starts sending people to your site for whatever else they want. And it, it, it just drives your ranking way up. And I can give you examples of things just like that over and over again, where you Google something, you find my site, and then Google says it's an authority. So, you know, if, if you want ideas for what to, to blog about, do a home inspection and think about all of the stuff that's going in your report. And instead of writing your simple comment, you know, the windows have missing glazing putty and, you know, should be serviced, well, why don't you research the history of glazing putty and why do we call it that and how did it used to be installed and what's the best way to fix it and maybe, maybe do some of it yourself. And I know it all takes time, but it's an investment. I mean, I, I know... One of my favorite phrases, people will say, oh, I don't have time for that. <laughs> you do. You have time for anything that's important. I've got that on my wall. I have time for everything that's important. Because it's, it's all about priorities. Anytime you say you don't have time for something, what you really mean is that's not important to me. And I'm going to choose my time. I'm going to choose to spend my time doing something else. I started taking myself off the schedule to write blog posts. I started, I started cutting back on the number of home inspections I was doing, so I would have time to blog. I just decided this is important. So, um, I mean, it, just about anything you put in your inspection report can be turned into a blog post. And anytime you have customers who call up and they ask you a question, can I be, attend the home inspection with you? Are you going to walk on the roof? What if the roof is snow covered? Can you still inspect it during the winter? All these different things. Each one of those questions deserves a blog post. Um, yeah. Anything that's a that's an FAQ, expand it and turn it into a post. And it uh, it takes time, takes thought, but it pays off. Oh, 
if you had a mic, you could drop it right now and we could be finished. But that, that <laughs> yeah. cannot. And I, and I think we have a shared understanding too. And I, I commend you for your, um, just your knowledge and your confidence because I think we both realize 99% of inspectors aren't going to do this. And I think that's why we can talk about it openly and, and kind of share <laughs> secrets and we can say, you know, this, here's the playbook. This is how you do it. Most won't. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I, I have no secrets. I'm, I'm happy to give away anything I do. And I feel like if all home inspectors did this, uh, we would all be raising our fees. Right. So, um, I, I wish more inspectors would do this kind of thing. Ooh. That'd be that, oh, you just hit on some gold there. I think if, um, you know, any inspectors have a certain mindset about it, you're absolutely right by the education increasing and the authoritative view people have of inspectors goes up. Well, guess what? We all win. Yep. Everyone yep. can charge more. Exactly. Yep. Rising tide. Lifts all boats. Oh, so much to dig into here, but I, I think the I don't have time just means I'm not educated on the benefits to me if I do this. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we face the thing with this, with Vectora. It's just like, oh, I don't have time to learn it. It's like, well, okay, like maybe you don't understand the value yet and let's talk about that or let's talk about what you want to accomplish. I think with content marketing, it's the long-term investment, I think sometimes is the hurdle where they're, they're sprinting on the treadmill for today, for tomorrow, instead of thinking, Hey, do I want to get a couple free jobs each week? Just coming to me on Google? Of course. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's so true. And I think a lot of people give up quickly. And, you know, they, they get the idea that, well, if I start blogging, I'm going to get hired to do home inspections. And, you know, it's, I, it's like you picture the word blog and then you have an arrow that points to get hired. <laughs> and we're missing a whole lot of stuff that needs to happen in the middle there. Um, cause, cause blogging, it's, uh, this ain't fishing. This is farming. This is, you're going after the, the long tail results. It's, it's, you, you blog, you provide answers to questions, you get subscribers, you share your content on social media, you get your content shared by others on social media, you start to build trust, you become viewed as an authority, and then you get hired. Wow. I think you just, uh, I name each episode, and I have like a little headline, and I try to make it like kind of clickbaity, but also real. I think this ain't fishing, it's farming is going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> I love that. Perfect. I love that. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's... If it was easy, everyone would do it. And I say that every day to a new inspector that wants to talk about a CO. It's like, okay, this takes work and it takes time. So you can either pay someone to do it or you can carve out time in your schedule, like you mentioned, which I'm a huge believer in. Um, we, we anti-sell our content writing and marketing services most of the time to new inspectors because I say, you know what? Just block out an hour for yourself each week. I, I know you have it because you're new. Um, yeah. And commit to writing it's like a muscle it'll get stronger it'll get better um and most don't do it so yes yes you're absolutely right and i'll, I'll tell you kevin if i hadn't committed to that other person with this realtor to start blogging on her site i'm guessing i would not have kept up with it i mean the only reason i kept up in the beginning was because i promised her i would and so i'm committed to getting it done every week but if i didn't Boy, it would have been so easy to let that fall to the wayside. 
I think that's a gem right there of like, uh, you know, the social accountability of like telling someone else or doing it for someone else is obviously the best thing. I think everyone has a realtor that they're cool with that they could probably arrange this and create that same accountability. So to everyone out there, we challenge you, go to your favorite agent that loves you and say, Hey, let me just add some value to your site for free each week. Yeah. Try to hold yourself to it. Yeah. That, that's great advice. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure it would work. I'll send you a box of donuts if uh, an inspector writes in and says, I actually did this and it worked. So <laughs> a little friendly bet. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, nice. So with where you're at now, I'm, I'm curious what, what ups the bar for you? I think uh, you know, you're, you're obviously listed um, as a guest contributor in so many places, a very impressive list of uh, you know, places where you've written content for what excites you nowadays about content marketing and writing uh doing what i'm doing right now with you podcast that's uh i i I like the whole podcast thing we just started our own podcast we had our first episode two days ago wait and we're gonna go in and we're gonna record a whole bunch more of them today and we've got a few in the hopper that we've already recorded. I wanted to make sure that we had a good pipeline before I started releasing it. But uh, I'm excited with the podcast idea. I've been wanting to do it for many years now, and it's finally happening. And so, you know, of course, when you called, you said you want to do a podcast. I'm like, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, want to see, I want to see how you're doing it, how, how you ask questions, how you set yours up. I, I yeah, this is what's uh, what I'm into at the moment. Well, if I'm showing you what not to do, then great. I think that that's a good start. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I have no idea what to do. You, I am you're looking at this, man. You know, I'm winging it like the rest of us out there. Uh, you know, I listened to a bunch of Tim Ferriss. And I'm like, if I could be like 5% as good or polished as his are, great. I'm happy with it. What kind of tips do you have for me? Oh, boy. Um I'd, you know, I, I have a kind of like a topic outline that I, you know, I sent you and it's very basic, but it gives me some structure and something to come back to when we go on rants or get on topic. Sure. But I, I'm still figuring out if like that makes us too structured and should we just be, uh, going off on these bird walks talking about important things. And so, um, that's for better or worse how I've started doing it and thinking like, all right, what's unique about Ruben? Like, let's dive into that because. I mean, heck, I want it to be interesting for you because then that brings out the best for everybody. Sure. Um, you know, other than that, it's just being a good listener, which you are. Um, I think trying to, I, I trying to push the boundary in our industry, I, I found, or is this, is yours going to be inspector facing, consumer facing, agent facing? Uh, ours will be consumer and agent facing. That's the intended audience. Cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, I think just, I think you're tapped in online where you can see what's interesting, what people are talking about, what's being shared on social media. Um, you know, just stirring up topics is, is fun to me. And I think I can even do a better job at that of just researching what's going on out there and getting people's take on it. Cause, um, yeah, people love to talk. I love to listen. So it works out. Cool. <laughs> cool. No, I, I, I like the, I like the, uh, a little outline that you sent me ahead of time that it definitely helps and I, I need to do something like like that for ours so 
I'm excited. Great. Definitely yeah. shoot it my way. I'll share it, listen to it, do whatever I can to, to help support it. <clears throat> I will. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. Right on. Um, well, let's, yeah, I want to, I want to shift gears unless there's anything else around content marketing, um, that you wanted to kind of get out there or anything that you found really important over the years. Well, the, the other, you know what? I'll throw one other thing out there. And I mean, just the, the overall tip there is that, um, you know, that content marketing should drive everything. The blog has been the most successful for me, but Facebook has been good too. Just sharing information on Facebook, never saying, Hey, we're having a sale or cause for this and we can take care of you. Never anything like that. It's always education. It's always, Hey, this is funny. Look what we saw. And we've, we've started doing that with YouTube too. Started getting serious about having YouTube content maybe within the last year or so. And that's been huge too. That's, that's my last thing on, uh, social media and content marketing. I love it. So for those that don't know, Google owns YouTube. So they're very aware when people are watching your videos, sharing them. Um, yes. and then this, this is a PSA. I'm glad you brought this up. Everyone listening, please do not just post a link to your homepage and say, need a home inspection or 20% off or 4th of July sale. Yes, you may get a job here and there from that. I've, I've read that Facebook has explicitly said, Hey, anything that doesn't get engagement or provide value or be funny, it hurts your own visibility when you post in the future. So like Ruben said, please come with some value that's interesting. No, people don't just want to hire you when they're perusing Facebook usually. <laughs> Is that yes. accurate? Oh you- my goodness. Amen. <laughs> I, I, when I see people doing that, it's just, all right, unfollow, never show this again. I'm, yeah. I'm not here to see ads for your company. It kills, <laughs> it, it kills your visibility. It kills your, uh, I guess, reputation score and for lack of the actual term that Facebook uses. That sounds good to me. Stop it. Yeah. yeah. I read, uh, I, on a podcast I was listening to, I think they said, stop checking in and touching base with people and do not email them until you have some value to provide or something to offer. Yes. Um, yep. So then I catch myself now whenever I write an email, just checking in. It's like, no, what can I do for you? Was there something I can help you with? You know, <laughs> right? Um, very cool. So for the multis out there, I think a lot of multis find, um, you know, that they they can feel isolated or they they really seem to crave the networking with other multis. And this can span from three man shops all the way up to thirty or, or fifty, like the elites of the world. Um, and so. Yep. I, there's, you know, there's the, the micro stuff, the IEB stuff, but I, I want to get your take. And I think this is a great way to just disseminate information and, and hear what other people are doing. What, um, I guess we'll start at current time. What are some of your biggest challenges right now running and, and working within a large multi uh, inspector company? Adding people on and having a consistent training program. That's, that's probably. The biggest challenge that I have not figured out yet. Um, I mean, we've got 10 years of bringing people on board, and with every new inspector we train, we do something a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But I still don't have it dialed in. It is still not a streamlined process. And I've seen processes that home inspectors all over the country use, and I, I like this, and I like that, and I take little bits here and there. But 
I, I haven't seen a single process where I like everything they're doing from start to finish, and I haven't figured out what it is either. So that's <laughs> that's my biggest challenge. Yep, yep, same here. I understand it. Um, what what's your interview process look like? Um, oh, my interview process is awesome. We work with a business coach. He's he's part of the the John Maxwell leadership something or another I don't remember exactly but uh, he he's a he's awesome and he had us start doing team interviews where I I've, I usually have the hopper kind of full of potential candidates mm-hmm. it's just I something that helped I added an employment tab on my website to help keep that hopper full you know what's it like to work for us here's how to apply all that Smart. and. So whenever it comes time to hire people, I usually have about six to eight people I call up and say, hey, you you reached out to me several months ago, and now I'm getting back to you like I said I would. We're ready to hire somebody. We're doing a group interview. And we, we do an interview where we, we interview six to eight people at a time, all in the same room, and it's led by my business coach, and then I sit in on it, and probably another, I don't know, almost a half dozen people on my leadership team sit in on these group interviews. So there's like a dozen of us in the room, and we ask the same questions to all of our potential hires. And I, you know, I, I listen to people's answers, but I'm spending a lot of that time kind of looking around the room. How is this guy watching this other person answer the question? Are they? Are they raising their eyebrows? Are they are they turning their nose up? Do they got their arms crossed, leaning back, looking like they're smarter than everybody in the room? Like, how do people engage in this team setting? And that's that's something I am just as interested in as the interviewees' answers. It it is extremely telling. And there are people who I know I could have interviewed one on one, and they would have slid by, and they'd be cool, and they they'd have all the right answers. But you get them in a team setting like that, and they can't hide. They're, they're exposed for who they really are sometimes. And so I've, I've done a good job of, well, I shouldn't say I. We have been able to easily weed people out during this process. And the, one of the most satisfying things is, well, <laughs> obviously the time. I mean, it's like an hour to an hour and a half interview. And I just interviewed six to eight people at once. It's like now it doesn't take me a day and a half. It's an hour to an hour and a half. It's it's so there's a time right there. But when we're all done, everybody leaves the interview, and then my team has a little get together and and we rank everybody that we just interviewed. Who's uh, who's number one? Who's number two? You draw a line. Um, this is the cutoff. Anybody below the line, we wouldn't even consider. And we almost always have the same responses for everybody. We, we rank the same person number one all around, same person number two, and then we draw a line and we say, these people we wouldn't even consider. And when you have six people saying the same thing, it makes you feel much more confident about what you're doing. And it it has worked pretty well. Wow. I love this. This is a, kind of a new kind of mind-blown um, right now. But so... You, you, you're asking the same question to multiple people, or do you kind of bounce around and say, okay, we're not going to have the same, same question. And uh, A answers, then B answers, then C answers. We switch it 
Everybody gets a chance to answer. And then on the next question, B answers first and A answers last. And we just, we kind of shift it one person for every question. So everybody gets a chance to answer first and answer last, uh, you know, a couple times. There's maybe like a dozen questions that we ask everybody. What a great way to gauge the team dynamic. Um, yeah, just responses, body language. I love this. Um, and I, yeah. For anyone listening, you could do this with just two people, right? It doesn't have to be six to eight at your scale. For you could, you could. We haven't, we haven't done that before. It might seem a little bit more competitive with two, but I don't know. I mean, I. It's not that I'd be totally opposed to doing it. Um. Yeah, it's it's been good. And oh, and not only that, but then when it's all done, um, you know, we we've got like, all right, here'd be number one, here'd be number two. I've hired two or three people off of those interviews, right? Where I call number one, I say, we want you to work for us. And then I call number two and I say, hey, you know what? We thought you were awesome. You were not our first pick. You were sitting right next to Scott. You know Scott's a rock star. You heard his background. He, I'll, I'll be honest, he was our first pick, but we thought you were fantastic too. And I would love to be able to give you a call in another four to six months and see what you're up to and maybe sit down again. And maybe have you start with us then. Is that cool? And, and people will say, yeah. And I've, and I've hired people six months, a year later after a group interview. I love this. And I love the transparency, the communication. Um, I want to ask a, a deep, deeper personal question. So you, you say all these things and the way you communicate them and it just sounds so great. And I can tell why you get the results you get and how your company, you know, so much of that is baked into, I can tell who you are. Have you? How did you become such an effective communicator? <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll, maybe I'll give you an extra second too to think about this to get in the context of a lot of our industry, ex-plumbers, ex-construction guys, they just had to put the hard hat on and work or they just had to go in and, and, and be the electrician, fix the widget. And now they're they're entering an industry and they kind of get blindsided, I think, because there's not enough coaching and training on how do you effectively communicate? How do you have emotional intelligence? How do you look at nonverbal cues? A lot of these softer things that some inspectors turn their nose up at. And that's the very thing, I believe, that holds guys back from surviving in this industry, for one, and two, going from running on the treadmill as a two, three-man shop to becoming a name in this business, a 10, 20, 30 inspector company. Like, I, I do believe communication, transparency, some of these things that I'm noticing you have are the difference. And so I'm curious if that was just taught to you at a young age, upbringing, something you worked on, something that you look for in interviews, can it be taught? So I just babbled and gave you about 20 questions, but do without what you like. All right, I'll try to, I'll try to give as much credit as I can here. I mean, going way back, I was homeschooled. I was homeschooled until fifth grade, so I spent a lot of time with my mom, she was my teacher, so I, I'm sure she gets a lot of the credit. Shout out, mom. Shout out. Shout out to mom. Shout out to dad. I mean, we were business partners for a long time. I, I have bought him out since, but I mean, he was, he was the owner of this company, so I, I learned a ton from him. And the last would be books, uh, audio books. I, I used to, I used to listen to podcasts like nonstop. Whenever I'm driving, whatever, I'd be listening to just blather, not good podcasts, just, you know, comedy, stuff that was entertaining. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd watch TV. 
at some point I just said, this is all a waste of time. And I, I got hooked on audiobooks and that has made a gigantic difference. And it's, it's all self-improvement books, you know, how to win friends and influence people, think and grow rich. Uh, you know, the book I mentioned, Jay Bear, I, 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 I listen to so many audiobooks. It is ridiculous. And if you want to, if you want to up your game, Start listening to self-improvement audiobooks. That's probably the single biggest thing you can do to, to change who you are and how you communicate. I love it. Completely agree. Um, as I'm listening to you know, podcasts and more audiobooks, I'm, I'm realizing a common theme with a lot of these high performers and high-level thinkers. Um, not that you know, I think I can become that or, or am that, but I... Want to do things better, and I think that has to that has to be the first thing everyone has to look at themselves and say, okay, do I want to consistently improve to get to where I want to go? And just hearing how other people do things, I think it helps your vocabulary. I've even noticed um, you know, my vocabulary is not great, but it's gotten like one percent better by listening <laughs> to audio books. You know, and so I think yeah. it's you listed two, you know, two I think like classic books that you hear a lot of people, um, you know, reference on. Ferris's podcast and stuff. So I'll link to all of these, and I think it's just good knowledge for everybody, just to be a good. Yeah, I agree. So you you mentioned Tim Ferriss a couple of times. What else do you listen to, Kevin? You know that that I so I listen to some startup type stuff um, that's kind of more applicable to kind of like our, <clears throat> our you know our, our, the tech side of our business. So I always listen to um, you know other kind of startup founders and how they do things. So there's a couple of podcasts for that. May not be as relevant for home inspectors. What, what um, about how I built this? Have you listened to that? I have. I've listened to a few episodes of that, and I think that's a really, okay. really good. Um, Masters of Scale is one I've been introduced to recently. I haven't actually listened to an episode yet. Um, I think that could be interesting because you know we're all scaling companies, we're all growing. Um, and then audiobooks. I'm kind of uh, going down. The list of the classics and the ones and we listen to, um, like lean startup, think and grow rich, how to win friends. And then, um, uh, how making money is killing your business is what I'm listening to right now, <laughs> which I, okay. You know, you, you may be, you know, maybe I'll send it to you. You may be past the point where it's relevant because I, I believe the premise is people run on the treadmill for 10, 20, 30 years and never truly get to enjoy the fruits of their labor by starting a business or owning a business. Sure. Sure. Um, I'm writing that down. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And, and funny, you're, you're in good company. I, the writer of that book, someone pointed me to him because um, he's local. He's in Colorado. And I actually just reached out to him and said, hey, would you ever just want to you know, jump on the podcast and chat and talk about the book? He's like, yeah, sure. Like we'll do oh, no kidding! Yeah, so I was like, "All right, well, I got some good guests lined up. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for this one, and I'm excited for uh, his name's Chuck Blake, so that'll be coming up." Oh, I won't miss it. Sweet. Right on. Um, well, cool, and uh, yeah, I'll link to all this stuff. Um, you mentioned training, consistency, bringing on good people. Um, what are some of the things you find most valuable to train? guys or girls on when you bring them on and then talking in terms of technical versus demeanor emotional organization um you know how do you break that all down you know when when it comes to communication and personality 
I feel like that's something that I try really hard to just hire for. Um, I, I'm going to hire somebody who does well talking clearly in a group and is good at that. So that that's not something I train. Um, they they, they got to already have that. So that that's a that's an extremely important skill. I, I I'm just bringing that up because I don't want to discount that. That's that's super important. But that's not something I do. What the biggest thing that we have a tough time with is not so much the technical knowledge and knowing how things work. I mean, you can read books and you can get all that eventually, but writing reports is one of the most challenging things. And I, I know that there's there's a lot of different home inspection reports out there. And I wanna I wanna tread lightly here. I don't wanna step on people's toes, but there's a huge difference in the quality of reports sometimes from one inspector to to the next. Um, I am extremely picky about the way my inspectors write the reports. It's, I mean, it, it needs to be full sentences, um, proper grammar, mm-hmm. proper spelling, proper punctuation. Don't, if it's, if it's plural, make it plural. If it's singular, make it singular. If those two contradict each other, you look stupid. Yep. Um, don't, don't have, I don't have any comments in our reports that say the toilet and then in parentheses S. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's lazy. Yeah, it it's lazy. Maybe it's enough. I don't know, but it and and maybe I'm sure there's a lot of home inspectors who say stay incredibly busy writing reports like that, but we don't. And I'll say this today: we never will. Maybe that'll change. I don't know. I've I've learned to not you know say never because. <laughs> but, but you know, um, I, I don't have any plans to ever write reports like that. It takes us a long time to do these, and that's that's one of the most challenging things is getting people to write well. Not yeah, and, and I get why because it's not a skill I think many uh, inspectors have had to have or use. Um, you know, some people come from a business background. Most of a lot of our industry, I think, comes from non-traditional business, um, you know, backgrounds. So yeah, it's it's a muscle that has to be built. I, I would imagine with a lot of inspectors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Takes a uh, lot of time. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm a believer that the details do matter. Agents. Um, I used to be an agent, um, as many people know, and you notice things like that. And it may not make you say, "Oh, I'm never going to use this guy again," but it's kind of like a a tally thing in people's heads where, you know, you see enough things that kind of irk you or make you question something that could add up someday to the door being open to someone else winning your business. And I think, yep. um, you know, clients as well, you never know if you're doing it for an engineer. Well, you do know if you're doing it for an engineer or an accountant. Um, <laughs> they care, clearly, yeah? <laughs> oh, yes. I feel like, yeah, you do know when it's an engineer. I feel like I can spot them a mile away. I'll just be in mid-sentence and I'll be explaining <laughs> something to them. And wait, wait, you're an engineer, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, good. And then I'll continue on explaining why something's wrong. And it's like, it's it's the stuff that you, you got to know your personality type. Yeah. And it, there's, there's certain personalities, you know, if you're into the disc profile, you're talking to an I about this kind of stuff, you lost them 
two seconds in. They don't care how this works. But the engineers, oh man, they want to know and they want to be able to explain it back to you. And that's that's when they're satisfied. This just gave me a great, this just gave me a great idea. Um, in kind of like a, on our online schedule, there's like a notes field. I'm wondering if if agents are booking the inspection, if there should be a field for the client's profession, like just to give you a little more insight to know kind of your audience and who you're speaking to. Um, <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Now, now the challenge is, it, I think that would be a weird question to ask, but. I I don't know any home inspector who wouldn't love to have that information. Yeah, I don't know how we attain it without it being weird or whatever, but um, yeah, or maybe on everyone's online schedule there should be a checkbox for if you're an engineer that it's like an upcharge of like <laughs> bucks because you're gonna have to spend more time. Oh, there should be, there should be totally. Um, well, cool. I want to shift um, gears just for the last bit here, talking just industry as a whole. Um, you know you. You've been around and seen the industry grow and mature and change in many ways. Um, I just wanted to kind of hear your comments on how you've seen it evolve, one, and two, where you kind of see it going now and in the future. Well, with, without a doubt, I mean, technology has changed stuff so much. I mean, I started off by telling you how I used to glue actual photos onto reports and mail them. And, you know, now we're taking our 360 cameras and we, t I mean, we, we yeah. take 60 images of every room of the house to start our inspection, just document what's there. I, body cams are surely what's next. I mean, I, I swore, I told my team, we're not doing body cams. It's weird, but, <laughs> you know, ask me about this in a year. Yeah. See where I'm at with the body camera. But today I'm saying no. But it, yeah, it's so technology is changing stuff a ton, and I, I think that just kind of the model for home inspectors is changing. And maybe I'm just in a fishbowl, and I don't know what everybody else is doing. But I, I end up having more and more communication with multi-inspector company owners, and it feels like that model just makes so much sense. It seems like it's so much more efficient. Uh, I mean, I, I my inspectors get paid as much as just about any other single operator out there. Mm -hmm. And all they have to do is focus on being home inspectors. I just think that the multi-inspector model works much better. And I, th I think it's going to continue to grow. And it's, it's not a knock against any single, single operators. I mean, if you enjoy doing all aspects of it and you like marketing and you like answering your phone, and like calling real estate offices and scheduling home inspections, I mean, God bless. It's wonderful. More power to you. I just, I haven't met a lot of people who like all aspects of the business. Usually, they love inspecting. And that's that's what I'm trying to give them. So I, that, that's probably the biggest change I've seen. And I, I'll echo that. Um, from our vantage point, um, we definitely see consolidation we see lots of people wanting to kind of sprint to get to that point because i do think there is a uh, an escape velocity factor there where if you can get to that sustainable point i don't know what the number is whether it's inspections revenue number of inspectors that the inevitable market correction um, rates go up economy takes a dip you know you'll be able to get through it and survive and i think that's a mentality and a, kind of a narrative i'm hearing 
a lot when I speak to other people in the industry and some of the people that see it from like a big um, vantage point. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it puts the, the smaller guys in a, in a tough spot because I think times are great now, but the ones that, you know, they always say in a recession, people fall back to brands they know and things they trust and they feel comfortable with. And I think that bodes well for multis. Yeah. Um, and it's all about branding. And our industry is not traditionally great at even understanding what branding is, let alone executing it. Um, and so, yeah, we're seeing guys get on with companies like yourselves where you get the business side and you can do it for them. Yes. Yes. People appreciate that. There's no doubt about it. I'm curious on your take on um, the, you know, the, I'd say, I guess I could call it the evolving nature of, or your perspective on the home inspector being seen as kind of the home consultant. Because I think there's this tug of war going on in our industry of some guys say, you know what, I'm the home inspector. I just inspect the home, give them a report. And then there's guys that are like, no, I educate. Oh, if they ask me for an HVAC contractor, cool. Here's a list of approved vendors. Oh, you want insurance or warranties or whatever. Where do you stand on what the inspector can and should be providing versus not? Um, well, to, to address, you know, the specific thing, should, should home inspectors recommend contractors? I, I say if you have good contractors, you know, and you trust, by all means, recommend them. And I backed that up in my blog post titled, Should Home Inspectors Recommend Contractors? Yes. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that's the, that, yeah, that's the title of that blog post. I wrote that one a long time ago in response to just something I saw in a, on a discussion forum where a home inspector was just adamant that home inspectors should never do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I will, I will argue that one all day. You know, people say, oh yeah, but what if it turns out to be a bad recommendation? Well, then you should take them off your list and you should also start out by saying, hey, look, these are people that I know and trust. I'm not guaranteeing their work. Do realtors ever recommend you? <laughs> they get in trouble? How is this any different? How can you be such a hypocrite? I mean, recommend people you know and trust. That's what it comes down to. So, uh, and, you know, to answer the bigger question, you're asking, should home inspectors just inspect houses or should they be consultants? Um, I think you already know what I'm going to tell you based on what I do to get business. It's all about me and <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, that, that's been my focus. And, and just so you're not taking it from me, for anybody else listening who wants to know how, how consumers see themselves and who they want to hire. There's an awesome book on that. It's called Building a Story Brand. And it, I had to have that title repeated to me a couple of times because it didn't, the title didn't make sense to me. But it, it, again, it's called Building a Story Brand. Storied? S-T-O-R-I-E-D? Uh, no, just S-T-O-R-Y. Story Brand. Got it. Story Brand. And I, I still don't know exactly what that means. But um, the book is, my, my, short version of the book is that people see everything is about a story you're telling a story and people who are buying houses see themselves as the hero consumers always view themselves as the hero and in 
every successful movie, you have a hero, <laughs> you have a villain. Um, you know, the, the home buyer, they're the hero. The villain is going to be a house that's got problems. And then they never, they never get to where they want to go without the help of a guide. And once I realized this formula and I started paying attention to it in movies, it almost started wrecking movies for me because it's the exact same formula in every. <laughs> yep. They have a hero, they have a problem. I, they don't solve it on their own. A guide helps them. And home inspectors need to position themselves as the guide, not the hero. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Ooh, knowledge. We just watched The Lion King, too, and now I'm thinking, like, yep, that follows that exact formula. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> you take just about any movie and it works, but you take some movies where it doesn't work. Like, I think, like, the, the Matrix 2 or The Matrix 3, one of the later Matrixes, Neo was, like, invincible. Right. And he had no guide anymore, and people hated it. Didn't he was just bombed. So, you know, like, you just won over... I'm going to have to tell my co-founder and brother, Mike, to listen to this because he, he firmly believes anyone that even references or says the word The Matrix is automatically his friend or maybe hired by Spectora. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. All-time great. I think we grew up with it. Um, that's funny you referenced that, though. I love it. Yeah, was that not mind-blowing when you saw it the first time? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's still thinking back. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. What a... What a like to that far back to think of that kind of story and, and plot. Maybe. Yeah, I just had my kids watch that recently, and uh, it holds up, man. It holds up. It's good. I had to make sure not to overhype it to my daughter because I was just like, okay, this is a pretty cool movie that you know we grew up with. Let's see what you think. And uh, I don't know if I properly hyped it or overhyped it or not, but I think she enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, good, good. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Um, well, hey, I want to be respectful of your time. We've got a couple of minutes. Is, is there anything that uh, that I should have asked you or anything that, that, uh, that I want to get out there into the home inspection community? No, you covered it all pretty well. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. We hit some good stuff today. I, I'm super excited for this, um, to get this one out there because I think it was efficient. We covered some cool topics. Um, and you're great. I appreciate it. I really appreciate the time. And we'll have to do it. I think there's, we could probably do an episode two or three dive into some of these topics with us. So, let me know when. I'm happy to. Sounds good, man. Maybe we'll do that at a conference or something. It's always fun to do them in person. We can kind of get the, the animation and stuff live. But, uh, yeah, we'll make it happen again. I'd be happy to. That'd be great. All right, Ruben. All right. Thanks so much. I'll link to your site, some of these blog posts, everything in the description for everybody that kind of wants to check out the resources and books referenced. Um, but if people have questions for you or want to find you, what's, what's the best way? Um, you can find me online if you go to my website, StructureTech. You just Google StructureTech or you type in Ruben's Home Inspection Blog, um, anything like that, you'll find me. Cool. Yeah. You can email, you. Facebook message, whatever. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again. All right. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Ruben. Thanks. Bye-bye. Right.